Good morning. Uh, thank you very much for all the comments you have made this morning about my waistcoat. Uh, from playing snooker to being Joseph. Uh, I thought, um, yeah, another comment was, uh, have you slept with the clothes that you were wearing yesterday? <laughs> um, this is, I was one of the ushers at Josh's and Polly's wedding yesterday, and uh, this is the outfit that uh, was from the wedding. So I couldn't resist not wearing it, because probably, I don't know if I would wear it again, so, um, but perhaps I will. Do you like it? Dave Cahill, I'll give you a break next Sunday, but the following Sunday I'll wear it again. <laughs> um, carrying on with the book of Acts. I don't know if you've been reading, if you've been going through it. Um, today is the continuation of uh, what we touched or what we reminded ourselves last week about the name of Jesus. And today we're going to look at chapters 4 and 5. Um, just to, to look a little bit about the significance, not only of the name, but the significance of being rooted in Jesus, being rooted in the name of Jesus. Um, Somebody asked me the question uh, two Sundays ago when I was doing Acts chapter 1 and 2 that we have not talked about Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. And uh, usually that, that's the passage that people take and they work on to, to build up their church, their ecclesiology, their gathering. And um, I just wanted to, to make use of that passage today. And when I thought of that, it's... It's more a bit like the IKEA instructions that you get, that you get the instructions. And what we see now from chapters 3 onwards is that whatever flat pack of the IKEA we've purchased being built up. So today we're going to look at chapters 4 and 5. And um, could I have the first slide, please, Andy? Chapters 4 and 5. Um, we're going to start with thinking from chapter, well, from verse 8 to verse 12. And then we're going to go back to um, Acts chapter 2. We spoke about the name of Jesus. And remember last week we talked about uh, Peter walking to the temple and saying to the disciple guy that I have no gold I haven't got silver, but what I have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. Now, in Acts chapter 4, verses 8, uh, it's the um, continuation of the conversation with the uh, Jewish leaders and whom asked, well, who asked Peter, how did you come or in what name did you do this miracle? And then this is the the reaction of Peter. Verses 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, 
If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man had to be healed, let it be known to you, to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you've crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is, no, there is salvation in no one, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what, what has prompted the theme of Rooted in Christ here is this idea of Jesus being the cornerstone being the foundation which in the normality of the Jewish festivals, in the normality of the Jewish life, it had come to that place of neglect, unrecognized. And Peter has to bring that back. But with that in mind, I said to you that it's a little bit of that IKEA flat pack being built up because, remember, the whole thing of Acts is being developed on Acts chapter 1, verses 8. And it's going, it's unfolding. And one of the ways that it was unfolding is what we see in Acts chapter 2. That's, is that the second slide on it? Next one, please. It's okay. Acts chapter 2, which basically there were four things that the church was... Thank you. There were four things which the church was doing as a result of the encounter with the Holy Spirit. They were pressing on on the teaching of the apostles. They were pressing on the fellowship They were pressing on, on the breaking of bread, and they were pressing on, on prayer. And all of this had its genesis on the moment that the Acts chapter 1 verse 8 becomes true. This is unfolding. And... I know that, I I think I mentioned it last time I preached about uh, this thing called church. And we we look at at these verses and we think, oh, this is brilliant. And we, we also look at these verses and we take the ideal side of it. The whole point here is that everything had started because of that encounter, because that relationship with Christ was real because that touch of the Holy Spirit was real because they have responded to that was real and therefore this was the outcome this was the ripple effect which they couldn't help so this is what we're going to look today rooted in Christ rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ how 
does this work out for a 21st century church? How does it work out for a middle class church? How does it work out for our individual discipleship? There were four things. Teaching of the apostles. One of the observations that I've got about the church here in the West especially is that there is a lot of information. I've said it before, I'll say it again, that we've got a lot of information. We've got books that are written about books that are written about books that are written about books about the books of the Bible. The, the luxury of these major resources and information is nothing to do, I mean, I'm not trying to be anti-literature, anti-academic thinking, but I just wonder if that has become the step that hinders us to go back to the scriptures. And there's nothing wrong with reading stuff. There's nothing wrong, don't get me uh, misunderstood. But I think the church in the West spends so much time in the theoretical side of things. I was talking to somebody six months ago. He was invited to go to Nepal. And uh, he had to give a session about church planting. And he had to give a session to these pastors, which one of them had planted 100 churches. And basically, this guy said, I can't do that. I feel inadequate. I'm giving you theory for something that you have worked out yourself how to do. And I think also that's the expectation, that because it's the Western thinking, that we've got the solution for everything. I'm going to bring you back. The early church was very serious about the teaching of the apostles. Because it was not just information, but this was a life impact. This was a life changing experience because the teaching of the, of the disciples, the teaching of the apostles was nothing else but the gospel of Jesus. Let's remember that. The second thing is the fellowship. How, how do we grapple with this thing of fellowship when our society is so individualistic? How do we grapple that when it's all about me, mine, my rights? It's a hard one. And then the other thing I think we should do more often here at Cairns is the breaking of bread. Because that's the reminder. That is the reminder 
of the substance of the good news. If we've got good news to give to the world, if we've got good news to give to our communities, to our friends, our families, we need to be reminded. Jesus himself commanded that, do this in remembrance of me. It's that breaking of bread that puts us to that place of knowing that, yes, God, I've messed up. But because of what Christ has done in the cross, I stand to, in front of you righteous. Hallelujah. That's the good news. And the fourth thing, it's prayer. How do we tackle prayer in a self-sufficient society? Prayer is dependence on God. How do we tackle our daily bread when we've got our credit cards? How do we tackle our daily bread when we've got offering of loans coming up on our online banking? Who can do it? But coming to that place of prayer, which again I say that maybe in our individual lives we do a lot of praying, but together I would encourage you to see more of that. Because it starts with prayer. It starts with that idea of us depending on God. God, you have called us. You're the God of mission. You have called us into mission. But we cannot do this on our own strength. We cannot do it on our own capacity, even though we're all very capable people. And that is the unfolding. Chapter 4 and 5 is the unfolding of what's going on in Acts chapter 42, Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. This was the result. This was the, the big picture coming and putting little pieces. Acts 3 to 5, it's one of the ways this is working out. Now, I don't know if you hear these conversations, but when you talk to people from different churches, you come to that place and they say, yeah, our church is very strong about Bible teaching. Somebody else would say, our church is very strong about the gifts of Holy Spirit. I heard it all the time at college. Our, our emphasis is on this or on that. And my challenge to myself and to you guys this morning is, how about if we've got a bit of both? Not a bit of both. How about if we've got both? Word and spirit. Spirit and words. And if we've got this sorted, the ripple effect, the ripple effect would be visible. And I think... As, as a community of Christians, as a community of followers of Christ, we need to come to that place 
of recognizing that unless we've got the vertical one sorted, unless we've got the vertical, our relationship sorted, the horizontal, it's not going to work out. Or it's not called Christianity. Anything but Christianity. And that's why rooted in Christ is so important. Because when we think of roots, we think of two things. We think of support. Now, I come from a very windy city. Last week I spoke to my sister and she had just come back from work. And they had a very bad storm. And... The, the, the storm was so bad, especially in this time of year, it was very bad that it had, in my garden, it had broken a few branches and it had uprooted a few things in the garden. But when I talk about roots, I talk about support, the, the, the whole solid foundation, the whole um, things that the roots serve for. But also, resources. Nutrition. So when we're talking about rooted in Christ, I'm thinking about these two things. I want to challenge you about these two things. Because these are the two things that will help us into our vertical. Support. Are we rooted Are we rooted in such a way that whatever happens, we still be claiming the name of Jesus? Let's learn from the persecuted church, the underground church in China, North Korea and stuff. Are we rooted in such a way that whatever impact we have from outside, Whatever storm we have from outside. And I, I, do, I don't say this easily. I say this with fear and trembling. Are we rooted in such a way in the Lord Jesus Christ that whatever impact we have from the outside, we're still being able to stand? And also... Are we making good use of our roots in order to be nutrition well? Because what it's all about is fruitful discipleship. If you look in John 15, Jesus said, Abide in me as I abide in the Father. So, you may bear fruit. So, that when you bear fruit, the Father receives the glory. And that's why I prayed what I prayed for Richard and Mark. That in all of this, what we're doing as a church, what, we do, what these guys are doing, that in the end of the day, yes, it is about Teddy and Didi. Yes, it is about the projects, the big projects of Sophia. But in the end of the day, 
It is about God being glorified in every little step. And the same thing with our fruitfulness. Abide in me as I abide in the Father, so you may bear fruit. Um, now you're saying, when it comes to our daily walk with Christ, time is an issue. We're very busy people. We've got lots of things. We find it much harder, me and Ruth, now that we've got smaller children, when all of these things come into place. And when I talk about walk with Christ, again, I don't want to give any guilt trips here. I don't want to ask the question, ooh, have you read your Bible today? Have you done your quiet time today? It's not about that. But it's the, it is about that constant awareness. I'm going to be boring now because I'm going to bring something up that I've, sh I've shared. Fiddler on the roof. The guy is in constant conversation with God. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says. But actually, it's what you see is what you get. And I think as Christians, we can le learn from Topo because it's that, it's that constant relationship, constant awareness that I am living my life for God. This walk is about me and God, and it's going outside. But it's that constant awareness of where am I in what I'm doing with Jesus? And unless... It's rooted in Christ. It's not going to have an impact. That's what the church is called. The pillar of truth. It's called to give impact to the community. Unless it's rooted in Christ. Well, we might as well have a canoe club. Going on to chapter 5. It's a difficult chapter. I'm not going to interpret anything about the chapter. Apart from saying what's a thought which is not mine. I read it in a commentary. And the way the commentator had put it that with Ananias and Sapphira, I want to get it down because it's, it's a play on words. With Ananias and Sapphira, with them holding back, I wonder if they hold it up, held up God's work in them. Ananias and Sapphira, by them holding back. The apostles didn't know what the price of the land was. Nobody knew. But by them holding back, 
and doing the dual lifestyle, I wonder if they held up God's work in their life. Because, again, it's about fruitful discipleship. I don't know what your views are on Ananias and Sapphira. The Bible, well, Luke doesn't go on commenting on them. He, he, he spends a good deal of time with them and ex- explaining the details. And I just want to bring that application home. And I just, I just wonder... that if there is a difficulty in our churches today that by keeping back things that are precious to us we're holding back a part that God has for us. I just want to leave that with you. I want to go back to the question of Roots. Where are our roots? How are our roots showing that they are rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ? We talk about history. We talk about the history of this church and the impact that it has had for many, many years. And that's a part of our identity. We talk about the present. We talk about the things that we do as church. The business. Monday through Sunday. And I think that has to be come to that question that whatever we do as a church, whatever we do as community, the bottom line question is, is it rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ? And by us being actively involved with it, is God getting the glory he deserves to get in all of this? Rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ is a condition that is not negotiable. Rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ is not an option in the postmodern thinking on the supermarket approach. I want to get this one, but I want to get this one. Rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way for the church to be the church of the book of Acts. It's the only way for Christianity to be an example of followers of Christ. I want to be cynical now because I want to say that most of the problems that we've got in our churches today come as a result because we've got roots planted or rooted elsewhere. I want to leave that with you as well. And again, I want to ask the question Because it comes to all our individual lives. It comes to my discipleship. 
It comes to my fruitfulness in my walk with Christ. Am I rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ? How can I tell? Fruitfulness. How can I tell? God receives the glory he deserves. How can I tell? The ripple effect. Because as I said, if we're talking about roots, we're not talking only about the resources. We're talking about the support. I know that I'm sounding too theoretical. But I just want to leave you with a phrase today that perhaps we have heard a lot of times. And I want to say it's about relationship. Relationship, relationship. Relationship. What can we do to encourage one another? What can we do to tackle the individualism by fellowship? So we come to that point that not the leaders of the church ask you the questions, but we have the guts to say, where are we on individual walks in the vertical side? When, when Albania opened up, we had one of the guys who always came and he asked the same question. One of the pioneer missionaries. He would ask the question, are you rejoicing in? And that was the question. And at first it came like, am I rejoicing in? And I think we need to come to that place of relationship. But we can't come to that place of relationship with dualism. We have to be honest. We have to play the role of Topo, that when he is struggling, he was talking to God as a friend. But also, I think we need to be honest that if we really have had a, a bad week, if we're really struggling, where does God fit with all of this? Then what are we doing about it? How we break through that individualism, it's hard. But we need to tackle it. I want to finish with a scripture. And it's taken from Colossians chapter 2. Have read through it. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So 
walk in him, rooted and built up. My final thought is that roots to grow are gradual. Roots are not McDonald's or Burger King. And that's part of our culture. Microwave meals. Nothing wrong with that, but quick, now, we haven't got time. And for us, in order to be rooted and, go and, and grown and built up, it's gradual. Where are we rooted? In our daily walk. If so, there is fruitfulness. Where are we rooted as a community, as Kendra Baptist Church? If so, there is fruitfulness. Let's pray. I just want to allow some space for us to think about these things and about our roots. Lord, we thank you this morning for the powerful name of Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that there is no other name under heaven or on earth other than the name of Jesus that salvation comes. And we want to acknowledge that in our midst this morning, Lord. Thank you for your words. Thank you for reminding us about roots in you, Lord. And Jesus, thank you that you are the cornerstone. And thank you, Lord, that we can build, we could grow, we could go in depth in you. Because your word says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, as we, as we think of our own personal walk with you, Lord, as we think as our community of our roots, Lord Jesus, I just want to bring whatever Gamaliel said to the council. Gamaliel said, men of Israel, take care what you're doing about this man. Before these days, Judas rose up, claiming to be somebody. And a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew some more people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. In the present case, I tell you, keep away from this man and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of men, it will fail. But if it is from God, you'll not be able to overthrow them. So Lord, we want to come to that place that the mission that you intended for the world, this reconciliation through the blood, through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, this mission, Lord, 
will not be stoppable because we choose to set our roots in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This is a hard task, Lord, for us. So again, Lord, we come and we say, help us. Come to our aid, we pray. In your precious name, amen.